Before we start our show, we got to talk about Bet Online. March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest starting March 15th. That's right, $100,000 and on March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong. So whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs, including UFC 248, which is this weekend. So if you have any interest in betting on those fights, you can also do so on Bet Online. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure you use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for Fight Game Podcast. John, what's going on? Not much, man. Welcome to be back. Back back again, another week. All right, so I got to give a couple, of, uh, a couple of heads up about what's going on. So we recorded last weekend after the AEW uh, Revolution show, so we had some weekend audio. If you haven't listened to that, Definitely check that out uh, on the website. So we're so we won't do two shows this week, but uh, but you know we tons of stuff to talk about, mostly wrestling related. But we do have a segment, a very a short segment with uh, Big Dave Meltzer on UFC 248. We talk about Adesanya and Romero, and then we talk about uh, the Ioana fight as well both title fights there's not really a whole lot else on that card so we just mostly talked about that and wanted to update folks on we want flair we've been talking about doing the luger match from starcade 88 i am well in my research of that match but we're gonna push it off one week so we will do it starting next week and then we will just do three weeks in a row of we want flair with luger so uh, the 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 reason why I put it off one week is because there's a lot, or really a lot to. If you want to tell that whole story, you kind of have to tell it starting with his heel turn, or I'm sorry, his babyface turn in early '88 uh, w- during that whole bunkhouse stampede stuff. Because really, the turn is essentially setting him up f- to be a uh, top babyface contender for Ric Flair. But lots of stuff happened along that way. He gets a match at Great American Bash, and then they come back for Starcade. So lots of stuff in there. And as a bonus, I also will also have Big Dave on uh, on that show, and he's going to help take us through sort of Lex's early years in uh, in Florida all the way to joining Crockett and then to the time period of him turning babyface, him and Sting winning that uh, the Crockett Cup. Uh, I think it was in April. And so we'll, we'll get cut off right there. And then John and I will pick up 
from April through the end of the year, focusing on that that Starcade '88 match. So that's that's kind of going to be the way that we do it. Uh, I know I said last week that we were going to pick it up this week, but I, I just decided to push it back so that we were completely ready and that I could. It always helps when you when you get Dave on. So so that's going to be fun. Okay, so did you watch Monday Night Raw? Yes, I did. I watched the whole show actually. Oh wow! I did um, fast forward two segments. I fast forward Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, and I fast forward. Well, I actually didn't fast forward. I just quickly watched it. The uh, the Eric Rowan uh, cage, uh, the mystery in the cage reveal. I did watch that, but um, other than that, like from that moment to that moment, for the Liv Morgan Ruby Riot match to that moment with Eric Rowan, I thought it was pretty really good. I thought it was a really good episode of Raw, actually. I liked the first segment a lot, and I liked the last segment a lot, and there was stuff in the middle that was okay. Uh, I really liked the tag match with uh, with uh, Ray and uh, Umberto against uh, Andrade. And uh, Garza, I thought that was a lot of fun. It was a long, long match that went through like two commercials. Yeah, yeah, they, that was basically you know, quote unquote, the main event match, even though they didn't promote it at that. Uh, so the uh, the two things I want to talk about because as they relate to WrestleMania, interested in your thoughts and how they are building up Drew for this match against Brock Lesnar. This was pretty strong, and I think they realized that happy-go-lucky Drew uh, wasn't necessarily cutting it, and they had him you know, turn it up a notch when it come, when it came to his aggression mm-hmm. and his viciousness. What did you think about that segment? Oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved this segment. And then, you know, when he came out and just Claiborne kicks, Brock, boom, takes him out. I just thought that was perfect. Uh, yeah, get, bring the Drew that was the badass coming up and and that's what the fans want to see versus Brock Lesnar and then it kept going I I expected the end right there and and then you know claim work again bam by Drew and then another one I thought that I thought this was a great job and then and I you know Brock's definitely going to get his revenge leading up to WrestleMania too you know he's definitely going to be laying out uh Drew um at some point in time before the before the big the big match but yeah I thought this was excellent and then you had Randy Orton in a. Uh, he's had a, a a bit of a of a comeback from a character standpoint. You know, we I, I, the thing that I love most about him is his. Uh, he's so smooth in the ring, and he's he's pretty effortless. And so, sometimes, uh, you know, if he's not if he's not in in a great angle, it could come off as 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 a little bit uninteresting. But he's been able to sink his teeth into this edge thing. And I don't know, a bit of a comeback of the year kind of performance so far for this WrestleMania angle with Randy Orton. Yeah, he's getting some stuff, a little more meat into it. And and, and he's he's hitting a home run because he's a A-level player. He's always been that um, from early on. And I thought that he was great in this. I thought he was fantastic. His promo was was phenomenal how he kept that that is a very long promo and the you know those are very hard to do but it takes a certain special caliber of a performer and you know randy orton was able to keep me interested in everything he said and i was hanging on every word i liked what they were doing with him because the best heels are the ones that believe they're right and that's and so that's what i got from randy orton like he believes what he did 
to edge was the right thing to do. He believes it. We all know it's not. It's, it's a horrible thing to do, obviously. But but as his character, as a heel, he believes it. Like those are the best villains that believe in their cause. And and I just thought that it was excellent. I thought Beth was fantastic. Um, my favorite moment was just when Randy Orton just without the mic just whispers, you know, you 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 bitch, right? Mm-hmm. And then RK's over. Like I just like that stuff. We need a little more on that. Sometimes we don't need to hear everything, but it's visually see it and just mouth the words, and we can uh, we can read the lips. and And I thought that was just just fantastic. This was some really really good stuff by Paul Heyman, in my opinion. So Edge is supposed to be on next week's show, and we'll we'll I'm sure we'll hear a promo, or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just see him go right after Randy and chase him down and you know craziness happens uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens there i you know we'll talk about NXT and AEW uh in a couple of uh, we're, we're going to talk about a couple more things before we get there but you know i'm watch uh, you know i keep saying i'm watching the 90 minute version of raw and the 60 minute version of NXT i actually liked raw better than both AEW and NXT this week um yeah i you know what me too me too maybe because there were some like two really big angles on raw um or i thought i thought even for i mean for me i watched the three hours so um it went by really fast for me extremely fast the matches were overall pretty good um i was into like it's only those two segments i of the show other than that like for the majority of it i was really into it and it was easy watch and yeah i i I thought it was a really good show. And I think the one of the best Raws in a, in a very long time. You know, the, the thing about this WrestleMania is, I, you know, I still feel this in that they didn't have a lot of big things. Tampa is not this huge destination city. They're not going to get the most PR, you know, after last year in New York and, and next year in L.A., so it's not that they're not necessarily, you know, trying their hardest. I think just certain things haven't fallen through for them necessarily. So, you know, rather than than, you know, try and, and dial up some stuff, I think I think they're gonna just go with what they have, which unfortunately, um, from a from like this like big buzz standpoint is is not great, but they do have the opportunity to really push a few folks into that main event status. Now, sometimes that that works uh, in in reverse. We've how many times have we seen Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins go to to face Brock and to you know they finally get to that mountaintop against Brock and then Brock leaves and then they're sort of by themselves and and the fans are just like okay we saw it we're done we're bored now that happens and it's happened consistently with uh, with them in in the last several years so if if Drew wins this match and he's all of a sudden the top badass babyface i hope that they have something ready for him that shakes him up and does not just make him this static smiley baby face because if you remember you know we can go all the way back to stone cold steve austin um you know beating Shawn michaels for his his first championship 
And, you know, he held the belt for a little while, but he didn't hold it for a full year. You know, they, they got it off of him in weird and crazy ways because it was always about him climbing back up to that mountaintop to, you know, to it, it just got it was just harder and harder and harder for him every time. So I'm not saying that they have to do that. And all of a sudden, you know, Drew's got to go through more guys and then, you know, the McMahons come back and he's got to go through them. I'm not saying that. I just hope that if he does beat Brock, that they don't think that that is what makes him. And then now he can just be a main eventer and then he can face Baron Corbin and it's fine. I think they have to find, I think that he has to win and I think he immediately has to have some hurdles to continue to, to, uh, you know, you know, to get, to get beat down so he can get back up. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll have, if he does go over on Brock, you know, they'll have Seth as a heel for him to work with. Um, AJ Styles for him to work with. Um, and I know probably AJ, I don't think he's beaten Undertaker, but you know, it, it wouldn't be right away. But I can see Seth Rollins quickly being that guy that first is in line versus uh, Drew. And they'll, they'll have really good matches, so that, that's a plus. Um, but yeah, I think they have heels you know heels ready definitely i think i think both those both those guys stand out to me right away or you can even even book a special match with like maybe him and alistair maybe alistair just goes on another run and gets a title shot or something like that yeah so i think there's definitely things you could do andrade would be a great guy i mean me personally but i just they always seem to kind of like put him at a certain level and not give him that main event push even though i think he he definitely has the ability to do it and with with the great package with selena as well and, and you know i mentioned that they're just going to kind of stay the course at wrestlemania they, they they actually changed the the roman reigns and john cena stuff which we mentioned last week where you know roman is now facing goldberg and they're not even having him you know go through the um the, the you know the elimination chamber that he he's he just decided to take the match so so that so you know there there's uh that match is already made and it looks like uh, John Cena and the Fiend are going to have their match as well so i that it's okay to me it's fine um i don't know John Cena versus Goldberg and Roman versus the Fiend was probably just as interesting i guess i don't you know i guess they could have you know, the, maybe they're they're gonna do those matches as well down the line, but um, but yeah, I think I think this is gonna be the one WrestleMania where, from a mainstream coverage standpoint, they probably don't get the most, and maybe this hurts Tampa forever as a as a city for them. They're gonna get blamed, but I think the I think the focus should definitely be on getting a few people over, Shanna Baszler included. Uh, I would say Rhea, but I imagine Rhea is going to stay down at NXT. But, um, you know, I think that should be the focus. And then hopefully you have some folks heading into the L.A. WrestleMania where, where more people are over. Uh, OK, so uh, the one other one boxing thing I wanted to mention, because this news just came out today, though, Canelo is refuting this information. Uh <laughs> Canelo against Billy Joe Saunders is the May 2nd fight for DAZN at 168 pounds. I'm sure it's a done deal at this point, though, you know, it's been sort of argued he was going to have this fight or is he going to fight, you know, who who else is out there for him to fight? There's been a, a few a few different people. There was even a, a, a thought that he was going to go to the Tokyo Dome and fight uh, one of the Japanese uh, fighters. So... This is not necessarily like this humongous DAZN fight where they're going to get tons of subscribers, but it is Canelo. So Canelo, 
Independence Day, there will be people watching this match, uh, watching his fight, and uh, you know he is he is uh, he is a star. He is one of the biggest stars in boxing today. Uh, he's doing it on a platform that he you know that is not pay per view. So I think to some extent uh, his 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 star power is a is a little bit stunted just just for that. But still, uh, he he delivers the goods. So good fight for him. He'll probably. Get another uh, get another victory and then move on to whatever's next and hopefully whatever's next is is actually a little interesting a little more interesting than this fight but this fight is fine too N- nothing nothing to sneeze at okay so um, let's actually let's throw it to the to the short segment I did with Big Dave uh, about UFC two forty eight where we uh, we just talked about the first two fights or the I'm sorry the the main event fights. And uh, it'll be quick, like eight minutes or whatever, and then we'll come right back with John and I. Israel Asanya and Yoel Romero, everybody that I've talked to, at least the folks that I do picks with, everyone has Adesanya winning. Nobody has Romero winning, which I sort of get. Romero's I, coming I, off of two losses. I get, I get that. And also the age thing. I mean, it's going to catch up with him. It's just a question of um, how much it's caught up with him at this point. Um it almost feels like he's, Romero, Romero, he's going to be overlooked. He's being overlooked in this fight. Okay, Romero. If if it's the old Romero and he hasn't lost anything, he's got a chance because he's got that explosiveness and where he can strike out of nowhere. Yeah. And if he lulls the guy kind of into a you know like he always does, he might be able to, to nail him. I think the longer the fight goes, the more it favors Adesanya. Sure. He fights Adesanya fights pretty smart too. Yeah. But still, I mean, I just remember what Romero did to Luke Rockhold. You know, and Luke Rockhold was winning that fight too. Yeah, and then just out of nowhere, and and he and I've seen him do that a couple times. So, I would I would say that um, he's got a chance, but but you've got to favor Adesanya, um, younger and um, better stand up fighter, and it's probably going to be a stand up fight uh, because um, Adesanya's takedown defense is pretty good, and even if Romero can go in there and turn it into a wrestling match, he's not going to be able to do it for five straight rounds. I don't think. Hypothetically, Adesanya knocks this guy out. Mm-hmm. He he could be the, like a really big star coming out of this fight. Yes, and he could do a really big. You know, he's talked about Stipe Miocic. Yeah, um, which is jumping up two weight classes, which is a real. That's a real. That would be a really intriguing fight. Um, and of course, there's always uh, John Jones and him. You know, I mean, they've both been kind of building it up anyway. Um, and that's an intriguing fight too. Although Jones has. You know, Jones has to face Reyes first, I think. Just off tangent a little bit, John Jones. The the Reyes fight's there. Outside of the Reyes fight, though, there's not anything that's interesting unless he decides to go up. Yes. Or it, Costa or Adesanya it, but or it, Stipe. But, but let's say if he, if he does go up, let's say if John Jones went up, would Cormier fight him at heavyweight? I don't think that Cormier wants to, I think Cormier is going to do one more fight and that's it. I, I would never say no. I mean, if, if, if Cormier, if Cormier beats Miocic, okay, if Cormier wins that fight and then Jones goes to heavyweight, I think that there's definitely a chance that Cormier would go. Cause I think Cormier in his mind, if you watch John Jones' recent fights, you've got to think John, John's slipping too. And I think that no matter what he says, um, it would be, you know, great for his well-being if he could beat John Jones. But if he couldn't, 
Well, that's the it'd risk be you really, take. It'd be really bad for that's, his well-being. That's the at least risk. mentally, like. Well, if he beat, but if he look, if he beat Miocic, then he's two-time heavyweight champion. Right. You know, even if he doesn't beat John Jones, it's still he's going to go in there. He had a great career, and by the time he fought John Jones, he's going to be forty-one years old. You know, let me think about this. Um, so he's Cormier is going to be forty-one, but but by the time this Miocic fight takes place, so he'd be close to forty-two by the time he would fight John Jones. So that's 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 probably not a good idea. I know. I think about it. Um, um, so you're, you're taking out Asanya. Yes, I would take him Asanya, but I, I don't rule out Romero, but I do think, you know, I mean, Romero does get those knockouts sometimes, but he is, he is more beatable now. So uh, a, a younger Romero against Adesanya would have been a, a, an incredible fight. So, uh, Joanna and, uh, wait, how do you pronounce her last name? Zhang Wele. Wele is, uh, is the other title fight here. They have uh, two common opponents, which they both beat uh, in Andrade and uh, Tisha Torres. Yeah. Uh, it <clears throat> it seems like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like this fight is really close. And maybe the- It's the- really intriguing fight. I'm, I'm very curious about this fight because it, it tells us, you know, where, you know, Zhang really stands, you know, because- I mean, she's looked great in all of her fights. She's she's got great stand up, but so does Joanna. Um, you know, Joanna's looked a lot more human in her recent mm-hmm. fights. Uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, Rose Namajunas, you know, twice beat Joanna. So um, could I mean, could be simply like a style thing, right? Yeah, it could. It could. Um, I mean, I I. I would favor Wei Zhang. Zhang Wei Yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm sensing is that I think most people favor most her. people are favoring her. She's and a, it's, she's a great fighter. Yeah, no, she she's uh, she's she's really good. But you know, we've seen Joanna fight a lot, and we haven't seen Wei fight that much. Like she's only had a handful of UFC fights, right? And only really, only the um, the, the 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 you know the fight where she won the title, and that was so quick. Yeah. That's the only one against real top, you know, top right. opponent. So, you know, and it was so quick that we, but she looked so good in that fight. That's the one thing. But Andrade, Andrade, you know, was getting lit up by Rose until she she slammed her on her head too. Yeah. yeah. And and the same is by, um, you know, Joanna. So, I mean, the reality is, is that, um, you know, that Jessica Andrade is going to get beat by a striker, you know, unless she can take her down and, and outmuscle her. So... It wasn't like um, you know Wele beat a great striker by outstriking her. She's not you know and Tisha Torres is not a great great striker either. So she's never been tested against a striker at that level. So do you sense uh, that you're you're leaning her her way as well, Wele as well? I think so. I think so. But she is I mean, she isn't I, tested I, a little bit. I definitely see it. I just feel like it's a little t- like at least. I don't, I don't know what the odds are, but at least from the, either. from the people that I, I kind of am engaging, it's almost like a little little too much of a favorite to me, but uh, but I get it. I understand why. Yeah. Anytime you, you have someone who comes out like that and well, just- she's got what, 20 wins in a row, you know, but again, I don't know what 20 wins in a row means because we don't know the caliber of those opponents. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there anything else on this card that you're looking forward to? I mean, that's really the most stuff that I've really like focused on. Is that is those two fights? Yeah, me too. I, I don't. Uh, 
I don't I, the, to the point of there, where there, there, it, there's there was some interesting fights underneath, but nothing you know those it's it's like a two fight card really. Yeah, to the point of where uh, if I come over on Saturday, it'll probably just be for the last two. Fights. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm you know I'm way looking for more looking forward to this than WWE though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like WWE, it's probably the pay per view. You know, one of the pay per views I'm I've least looked forward to. Maybe the one of the worst on pay, uh, cars worst on promoted, paper. Worst promoted. I wouldn't that say they've done. I think I think it may. Yeah, on paper, you know, because again, now Roman Reigns isn't even on the card. Because um, it's like to me, it's like I don't even know. Are there any? Ti- there's no title, uh, no main title fights or matches. No, 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 no tag titles though. Tag titles in the chamber, and then the return uh, tag title with Murphy and um, Seth Rollins. When's the, the last time fights? they've done that? Where not even one of the titles is defended. Man, that's a long time. I don't know. Maybe on a Survivor Series or something though. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Okay, back with John. Let's talk about our uh, our normal Wednesday Night War segment. And I want to start with NXT. I was really frustrated with this show because I just thought... It, it almost seemed to me like maybe Triple H was busy. Uh, something was going on with the booking here to where a lot of the stuff that I take for granted with NXT, where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, this is going to make sense and this will be pretty simple and it, and it's not going to be hard to understand and I won't have to really think too hard. And then in this show, I just felt like it was the opposite. I was just like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. This match wasn't good. This should have been better. And now this main event segment with... You know the dream possibly facing Adam Cole for the uh, for the championship if that's what they're setting up. That seems cold as hell. So I don't know what am I off or like what, what were you thinking after the show was done? I think you're off. I don't know. I thought it was pretty easy watch, and things kind of stayed the course that they're going. What what was that kind of stood out to you that you okay, thought so, maybe so the, they're changing something up or okay so confused uh, you or. The, the 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 draw for this show is two cage matches. Mm-hmm. So, in the first cage match, uh, they explained during this match that you could either go through the door, go over the top, or pinfall. And so Tegan Knox is just so bloodthirsty that she spends the entire match running away and trying to escape the cage, in to beat Dakota Kai. And that didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. The finish was creative, where she gets kind of stuck, and and uh, and uh, Gonzalez uh, is holding her in between the cage and the cage door, and and but while the creativity I thought was interesting, because I don't think I've ever seen that finish, I was like, okay, well she's the dumb baby face again because she got outsmarted by the heel, and well, you know, the heel. Plus the, you know, the, the, the second, but after that match, I like, cause I thought, okay, cage match, maybe we'll get some finality to this thing. We didn't get any finality from the takeover match. And, you know, we go from a, what was it? A no DQ match to a cage match. And this feud must continue. And now what's next? Like a death match or like, I, I don't know. Like, but at this point I'm, I'm pretty, like, cause you know, we talked about it. It's like Dakota Kai was like on fire as a heel. And now I watch this feud and I go, okay, I, I, I 
I don't need to see it again, though we'll probably see it again. And I had some interest in these matches before uh, before this one. And so that that match killed my interest in the feud completely. And then in the main event, um, I thought, you know, I was like, Roddy is really great in this match and he's got fire. Dream is overselling so badly that it almost looks like he like was the greenest guy in the show. Now he wasn't because you know, there's Austin theory, but I just thought like he was so out of his league in this match. And then um, again, it is a cage match. And again, (laughs) both, uh, you know, the, the whole, the entire uh, undisputed era somehow interferes in this match. And then, you know, at least I'll give him credit for this. You know, Dream gets the champion inside the cage, which, you know, I know they were trying to sell us on the idea that this was his plan all along was to get Roddy upset at him just so he could get Adam Cole in the cage. Okay, whatever. I don't I don't really believe that, but at least they tried to explain that part of it. But I was just like, okay, so now you're giving me Dream, who's had two bad matches with Roderick Strong, who is almost impossible to have a bad match with. He's colder than ever, and now he's going to face the champion after we just saw so many great matches with Adam Cole. And I'm just like, I'm out on this guy. I'm out on this guy. I'm out on this feud. I'm just, I was just so like, man, you know, I was I, I just the idea that that was how this thing ended or, and maybe it hasn't ended. Maybe they're, they're going to continue this story or whatever. But I was just like, God, like for two cage matches, you're setting up this, this kind of like huge show. And both of the cage matches were pretty disappointing to me. I actually really liked the, um, the Dakota and, uh, Tegan Knox match. I thought they actually exceeded my expectations. I was, you know, a little, Nervous about this match, you know, in a cage with them and, and, and just more nervous because their injuries and their history of injuries. And I don't want anything to happen to them, but they, they did a really good job. I mean, escaping the cage is part of their rule though in WWE. So okay, part of winning the match is, and then why shouldn't be in the cage then? Like why, like, well, like that, you, is, is the goal why was Hogan like, and King Kong Bundy in the cage? Like that, they just have that rule. I, I'm not a big fan of the open the cage in WWE. I just don't think it's. I think cage matches should be closed, and they should, you know, they should have some kind of finish to it. Like you know, instead of walking out of the cage or climbing over the cage, but it's part of WWE's history, so but we she have could to accept pin, it. But they made it very clear that she could pin her. She could, and there was pin attempts in this match. And Tegan was taking it to the master, especially early on. They were, you know, going at it, you know, pretty good. I, I like the creativity of the finish. I don't think Tegan got outsmarted. She just got, you know, you know, the, the heels cheated and they won. And as more heat to their their issue, which I believe will probably continue to take over. I'm I'm really confident that um, both. Tegan and Dakota will end up in that ladder match for a future title shot at the NXT Women's Championship. And I can see Tegan winning this thing at TakeOver, um, getting the big win there. Or I can also see Dakota winning there, too, because, you know, they're both they're both right there. You can go either way. It doesn't matter. You can have Tegan win, and you can split her off and a lot of more other stuff with Rhea Ripley, etc., and Tegan and Raquel. I mean, uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, Dakota and Raquel. So you you could do a lot of fun stuff with that. Um, I, I 
like I, I wasn't expecting this to be that good. And it, to me, it was exceeded my expectations. So that's why I really liked it. And then when it comes to Roddy and Dream, um, I thought it was a lot better than the match the, the week before, which I, which I didn't like. Um, I thought the match was overall pretty good. I, I liked the fact that he closed the cage and Adam Cole stuck with him. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, Dream's coming back from injury. He's out for a very long time with the back injury. And, you know, it's, it's, he needs to get his, him going again with whatever they're going to do with him. And it seems like, I mean, senior takeovers, not to that, you know, was it six weeks away? I mean, this should be the, it's like, a, this, it's literally a month. Yeah. So it looks like this, should, this is going to be the main event of takeover. And, um, maybe they, you know, Maybe they don't want Adam to lose the belt at this time, or maybe I don't think I don't think Velveteen Dream is winning it though. I don't think he's winning it, but um, but I think uh, I think it'll be good. I think you know we haven't been disappointed with the takeover match yet with with these guys. So, so uh, I'll go with another slightly negative before I get to my favorite part of the show. So uh, Johnny Gargano and Mauro Ronaldo do a segment that I think was meant to be like this real passionate, believable, wacky heel thing by Johnny Gargano um, and you know Mauro Ronaldo in the Jim Ross role. Ross was always so good at at these kind of interviews. And I'm watching this thing, and I'm trying to... Uh, the, the hard part about this whole angle is is really getting Gargano over his heel. Like, he's he's meant to be a babyface, and, and he so he has to really oversell the idea that he is this bad guy. His wife is still in the company. Um, and so he really tried hard to be a heel who would not give Mauro the the reason why he did what he did to, to Chiampa. He was very angry with Morrow. <laughs> the problem, okay, the, I, I have two problems with this. And and one of the problems is not even really like their fault, but Morrow is sitting in this chair. Gargano is standing up and berating him. And Morrow in this chair is bigger than Johnny Gargano. I thought that was a weird like sight thing. And the second thing is, so uh, Crystal comes into the room and she's like, who's that? Who, who's the guy that's like yelling and screaming and being totally fake about this, whatever he's angry about? I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's Gargano or whatever. And I was just curious why she thought he was, he was like felt fake. And she's like, oh yeah, he's just pretending like he's not really feeling it or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because, you know, she wasn't even paying attention to anything and she didn't know it. She didn't know anything about Johnny Gargano. But I sort of had the same feeling because I was trying to see. I was like, okay, I want to see. He's got the passion. He's got the fire. He's delivering this information the way that he wants to and the way that they want him to. But it just wasn't believable to me in any way. And as far as like a performance standpoint, I thought he did great. I thought Morrow was really good too, but just like, I just couldn't buy it. And I had a hard, I had a, I had a problem buying it, which is so weird to me because I was dying for this guy to turn heel because I was so sick of the sappy baby face routine. And so I want to give him, obviously I want to give him more opportunities and, and there's going to be stuff in the ring where he's, he's going to be heelish and, and it'll be easier to buy. But I just didn't buy the whole heel thing here. And, um, 
I really wanted to, but I, I just, I didn't feel it personally. Hmm. I actually, when I watched it, I thought you would like it when I was watching it. Um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I thought Morrow was fantastic. I thought, yeah, you Morrow, know, I really liked Morrow. Morrow was yeah. great. You know, Gargano was, you know, doing his thing. I, he showed more passion to me than he's done in a very long time. Sometimes I feel like he could be bit, a bit cookie cutterish as a baby face. Um, you know, with his promos and stuff. I thought this was good. He he wasn't giving the real reason yet, even though I kind of have a suspicion what that reason is. And it, and it makes sense once it's revealed, uh, you know, because in my opinion, I think it's just because when Ciampa came back, they were, it's like, you know, water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but, you know, he's pretty upset about that. And I, I get that too. I, I get that, uh, what his motivation is. And don't forget though, he was turning heel Gargano a long time ago. And then Ciampa got hurt and they had to, you know, they had to about face him because they needed a main event. Yeah. They had to, they had to um, go back and, and uh, make him a baby face, you know, or, or, you know, he didn't really fully turn heel just yet, but he was teasing that way. And the fans are starting to turn on him, but uh, they ended up getting him back to baby face role and end up, you know, feuding with the undisputed era, et cetera. And, um, but I thought Mara was great. Like I, he really did a great job of like being uncomfortable with Gargano in his face and yelling at him. So I, I thought the segment worked for me, but, uh, but, but I can understand it. You know, Gargano, he had, you know, I don't know. I, I sometimes I, I really like him, but sometimes, you know, I think he has misses something when it comes mm-hmm. to the personality, but we'll see what happens with what they're going to do. I'm, I'm I want to see the full Gargano heel run. And well, I know it's, I know it's, I guess we're right in it, but like, I want to see what they do in his matches and how he's going to work with that. So it should be interesting going up in the, after, uh, after mania. No, look, I, I think the performance, like as a performance, it was, he was trying and he, and, and I think he was really just trying to deliver this stuff in, in a way that he had it in his head. And I give him an A for the effort. I just didn't believe it. And some of that may simply be what you said, where, you know, just the connecting part of it, like there's always been something missing because he's such a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of overlook that, right? Like so you could say a similar thing about someone like Ricky Steamboat, right? Like in certain things with Ricky Steamboat, he was good enough to to uh, to exude what he needed to, but when it got in the ring, that's where he did all of that stuff. So, yeah, you know. So that's, that that so I think that that's sort of like our Gargano as well. That's a perfect but, way to put Gargano. Like like he's always been in the ring. I've been into his quality of work. Yeah, outside the ring promos and stuff, I always have a little bit of a connection problem. Maybe because he doesn't have that bass in his voice, you know, yeah. or something, or it's kind of like kind of kind of whining a little bit like is he just doesn't i don't know but but other than that I, like i said but i want to see i want to give it a few more weeks and see what they're going to do with this with, with this heel run and and it'll be interesting to see how he works his matches i hope he he ends up uh you know working a little more of the heel and does some stuff that's you know a little dirty i think he will he's he's yeah a me too worker. Me too. Absolutely. Okay, so here are my two favorite things about the show, and I put them together in our rundown because they're both pre-packaged kind of stuff. They weren't live things. So the Finn promo I thought was awesome. Like he is, uh, I think he's the best performer on that TV show right now. 
and there's a lot of really good performers on that show so that that that's a really high bar for me the fact that i think he's the best and also the Rhea Ripley video package I thought was really cool because I think when you do the thing where she comes out and she sticks her tongue out and she gives the, you know, her hand signals and stuff. And I think that could get old week after week after week, unless she's got a, a match or a feud or something. So I liked this because it was like showing something a little bit different and it was all about beating Charlotte and the Charlotte comparison and you know to be the man you have to beat the man and that whole thing I really liked that it showed a little bit of a different side of her and I needed that break from her you know from her current character and I love it when you know when they can do that stuff and still feels genuine sometimes they do it and you're like oh this person was like a fan like me growing up and now how did they become like a top star they don't feel like a top star I thought she kept her 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 feeling through that video package I thought it was pretty smart yeah no I thought I thought both those segments were great and I, I love the Rhea Ripley one and it you know it's a little it was more of a personal piece and you connect with her more and also at the end, though, I like the end, too. Like, she still had her confidence that she's going to win, right? You know, even though she says, you know, she's going to wrestle one of the best in the world and to be the to be the the best, you have to beat the best. But at the end, she's like, I'm going to be the best. I am the best, and, you know, I'm going to rock out the title. So I, I liked all that stuff. And the Finn Balor stuff is just, you know, was, like, short and sweet and perfect. Um, Balor's on a, like he, on a roll. Like, yeah, I agree. He's the best performer overall performing that brand right now and he should be <laughs> considering all his experience oh my like, god right so uh but uh but yeah he, his stuff is great and i can't wait to see his match with walter and which i believe will be at takeover sure so so the other thing or two more things no the, yeah two more things so what you missed um, i mean i know you watch hulu they cut stuff out uh i missed the chelsea green thing that's so yeah you're right you're okay. Other than her, <laughs> yeah, I know. She, the the match itself uh, wasn't the uh, wasn't the best. Um, what else did I miss? I don't think I was there another match. Just a tag I match. There was undisputed era versus. Well, that uh, that's the thing that I was going to talk about here. I, I'm sure it got chopped up a little bit, but uh, they beat uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, and I thought that match was fun for the for what I saw. Um, you know, there there's no no worry necessarily about about them losing that match. You, you know that 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 it's good wrestling to build them up for their program, and so the Broserweights come out and then they get jumped by the Grizzled Young Vets, and it looks like the Undisputed Era against the Broserweights next week, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the Grizzled Young Vets get involved somehow to uh, to be part of Takeover. So. They're, like you said, when I was sort of wondering about what's going to happen with some of these guys, the Grizzled Young Vets are right in the mix. And if it's a three-way or if it's a different match or whatever, it looks like they are part of the mix. And and that's really cool because it, it, it makes it feel like when you're watching the Dusty Classic that some of this stuff, you know, they have a match and then they just leave. And you're like, ah, like I, I, I got invested into them. I'm not going to watch, you know, NXT UK, maybe maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but the fact that they're still here and they're in the mix, I think it made it it made it worth it to to watch those matches. I think if it was a year a year ago, we wouldn't be seeing this this continuous this mixture of the UK, you know, all the time now with the the, the USA brand. Uh, but now with with Worlds Collide, you know, they're they're definitely keeping this going. I like it because it adds some freshness to the roster and you can switch guys out in and out. And and uh, I mean, I feel like it's going to be a three way at 
takeover just from what they just did this show mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely feel the next week when it's undisputed air versus the bros weights for the tag titles that i'm sure the grizzled young veterans i just looked at i love that zach gibson man that guy is just so good he is so good on the mic and he's such a good wrestler as well so um they're a fun team to watch i can't wait for that that three i'm not a big three-way fan but like uh, maybe you've got that that though that quality of the teams in it i'm yeah, sure it's gonna yeah. be nuts um so you, did you see keith lee and cameron grimes yeah that's that's the last thing that i was gonna mention was uh they uh, they did the interview and it sets up a match that I'm really excited to watch. <laughs> yeah, me so, too, man. Me too. So that was like the perfect segment because I was just like, okay. Uh, once I saw Cameron Grimes, I'm like, great. This is exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted to see. I can't wait for this match. And uh, and that's what they set up. I just, I mean, it's it's wrestling nowadays, right? But like, it's always like guy comes out promo or gal comes out for a promo and it's we know they're gonna be interrupted like we just know like yeah. it's just sometimes i just <laughs> i don't know, wish they would do things a little bit differently here and there but um yeah, i was just waiting for Cameron grinds to come out because i know he's right when chris right when keith lee is talking about dijakovic and damian priest i'm like oh but we know the guy who has an immediate shot is Cameron Grimes because with what happened last week. So, and but Grimes was great. Like, it was such it was such a it was such a I want to put this right. I want to say scripted. It was scripted, but like produced promo where you know. It, but he he pulls it off so well. It looked like it was it wasn't produced in my opinion. Like I thought mm-hmm. like his like kept getting talking and talking and talking and instead of doing that stopping and letting the fans kind of like the heat kind of go up which is what you would normally do like he keeps talking and talking and it just becomes so annoying so annoying so annoying and then the crowd really kept feeding into it i thought that was really 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 good opposite to what you are taught in a lot of ways and i thought keith lee was was good he was uh, you know he definitely is over and commanding that audience he could just like you know, raise his arm up and hand up and people will still stop talking so he's <laughs> gonna say something so i thought it was good and then um i like both those guys a lot so i'm looking forward to that match that match is gonna be great it's uh you know they have a strong show next week with those two yeah those two, two matches. really good matches um and then uh oh the other thing i missed was the austin theory and swerve scott match that is interesting they i would well, because they had the angle with the, uh, you know, why? Because there's no immediate um, takeover, or probably build with the Austin Theory sort of match. I'm guessing that's why Hulu cut it off or WWE cut it off for Hulu. I mean, I don't know, but uh, it was a good match. It was different in a sense um, uh, that you know he uh, Theory's working from behind. You know, he's the heel. His arm is been beat up by swerve and and they had a really good back and forth some good action but and a theory was was actually showing me a lot in this match and i loved the idea of the finish where he still powered through his arm injury he was still able to hit that i guess tko cutter and pin swerve and and uh that thought that was really good so yeah both both guys look great you know so they're both both are just phenomenal okay so talking about uh dynamite now I will say I was pretty disappointed in the lineup for this show. Now, a lot of some of their guys were beat up. I know Omega's hurt. Uh, he's got a messed up finger. Uh, Nick Jackson, I think, is waiting on uh, baby to to be born. From what our, our, uh, from what I had heard 
some of those guys may have been even sick. Uh, so there, there could have been some stuff with that. But they didn't, you know, one thing AEW is usually pretty good at is is promoting shows one week, two week, three weeks out. But because of the pay-per-view, they didn't promote anything on this show except the fallout. And so when they started putting matches up uh, in the beginning of the week, I saw all the matches and I was like, man, I really thought they were going to have a chance to do 950 or whatever we thought for, for ratings for, for viewership. And when I saw that, that lineup, I was like, nope, they're not doing 950. They'll probably do, you know, very similar to what they've been doing. And that, that's, that's what happened when it came to the ratings. They, they, they got a bump from, from last week for sure, a decent bump too, but mostly from just the fallout of the pay-per-view is, is what I'm guessing. So I think, um, the uh, the the main event stuff with, with Jericho and and Moxley, what they did was is they made us think that Jericho was going on tour, and he was going to be off the TV show. So right before, I think it was before the show started, may have been previous, but Jericho put out Fozzie dates, and they were through uh, March and April. And if you looked at the dates, the actual days of the week, there were no Tuesday or Wednesday dates. And so I looked at that and I was like, huh, I wonder if he's like trying to trick us. Because the angle was that Jericho said if Moxley did not leave or if Moxley left on his feet or or something like that, Jericho would take the next two months off. And so it made you believe like if you were following very closely that, ooh, I know what's going to happen because Jericho's in a band and Fozzie's going to be doing shows and thus he's going to be out. Ha ha. I've out, I I'm smart wrestling fan. And it was, I think as far as I know, maybe something still happens where he takes some shows off, but uh, Moxley did get shield power bombed at the end of the show. It got beat up severely before the match even started. And so it looks like, that was just part of the thing in Jericho. Because I, could, I couldn't imagine Jericho's going to miss that War Game show, you know? Yeah, no, 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 no. He's definitely doing that show. I, I, I mean, He has to be a part of that, right? I'm sure he wants to be part of these big moments for AEW, and that's, a, that's a, definitely a big one. So, so the, um, the thing that I didn't like about this <clears throat> was... So, so they built up this tag match. Jericho, Sammy Guevara... Moxley and Darby Allen, and right for the main event, uh, Mox gets jumped. He gets jumped by guys in masks and so AEW stupid. varsity jackets. Pulls off the mask. It's it's the inner circle. It's it's Swagger who had had a match previously, uh, Hager and uh, and Santana and Ortiz. So they're holding the fans back because it's in the actual uh, in the actual aisle of the uh, of the arena. Um, and they're just taking it to him for like, I don't know, it felt like eight minutes or 10 minutes or something just like felt like forever. Nobody came to help Moxley and, but he was the fighting baby face, you know, he couldn't, they couldn't put him away. And then finally they put him away. And I was like the whole time I'm thinking like, okay, where's Darby? Like what's going on? Like, where's his partner? And then they show the camera and Darby's not in the ring but he's just watching the screen like just like a fan. And I was like, God, what, you know, what's going on here now? If they had explained that 
maybe Darby still wanted to do the match as a handicap match. And if he ran out there, then they would lose. I don't know what if they would have said something, anything, I would have been somewhat OK. But they said nothing. So I was just like, oh, God, this this uh, now I have to like really put this in the back of my mind and, and watch this match. And look, I you know, Darby was great in the, in the match. He was the, you know, he was the, the baby face taking a beating, taking a beating, coming back, taking a beating, taking a beating, coming back. He played that role really well. And eventually he lost the match. So, you know, I thought that part was good, but I just couldn't get over the part of this dude watching Moxley just get killed. Yeah. Yeah. That was, first of all, it was dumb that, uh, the, uh, Pride and Powerful and and Hager were both in Lucha masks to hide their identity to attack Moxley. Like, why? <laughs> we know who it is. The fans know who it is. It, you could it, fans. It, no one's being deceived by anything. Like they. It's so so like I don't. A, I don't think they meant to deceive the fans. I think they were trying to sneak up on him so that he didn't see them coming. I think that was the idea. I guess, but it just looked stupid. It just looked ridiculous because it was just, it was goofy because it, it didn't it look like like just three fat wrestling fans in jackets. Yeah, yeah, it just it looked, looked like three like it looked like the Dark Order. I mean, yeah. that's what it looked like. It's like it, oh, the Dark why is the Dark Order jumping him? They sure just had it where the match is about to start. The bell hasn't even rung yet. Out from the audience jumps the guardrail is Ortiz and Hager, and they start beating the hell out of out of uh of moxley and then you know darby tries to help him but then he gets beat the hell out of by jericho and sammy Guevara. and then as they lay out moxley this is then you start going with the the, the handicap match where it's just it's just darby versus jericho and 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 sammy and putting up a gallon effort but he shines and escapes and is able to do some cool stuff and get the crowd going and some near falls but then he finally gets caught and beat like that's what they should have done i think they kind of overthought this a little too much but um yeah it was it was like tale of two things like the first part was blah and then the second like you watched it from the match itself on i thought it was was really good yeah, so I, I I'm getting a lot of heat on our uh, on our group on Facebook, the Fight Game <laughs> Podcast Facebook group. For what? So um, I, I get the, a lot of heat on there. I think <laughs> I had the audacity to say that the Jake the Snake segment wasn't the greatest thing since sliced bread. And look, I loved seeing him come out. I, I was a little disjo- it was a little disjoining for me, and and I think I, I was trying to think about why. And I think the reason why I th- I was a little disjointed is because I thought there could have been three debuts. Obviously, Matt Hardy being one of them, Lance Archer, which they actually advertised, and then in in far third place, uh, Brody Lee, you know, Luke Harper. I thought, okay, you know, at least one of those three guys are, are going to come in. So when Jake came in, I was like, <laughs> this is this is weird. And and the other, the other thing is I wanted to hear Cody's explanation, right? I wanted to hear Cody's thoughts about losing to MJF. And so he interrupted those thoughts. And I was like, ah, I really wanted to hear how Cody was going to explain this thing. So Jake comes in. And I didn't even really understand what he was talking about in the beginning of his promo. I was like, did he have like a feud with Dusty that I'm not aware of? Like, why does why is he, you know, going at Cody? And then it comes out that he's got 
you know, a guy and that guy's going to be Cody's next opponent. And, and, and so that part of it made sense, but on Twitter and in our group and in other social medias, uh, that I've, you know, it was just all about how Jake is the master and Jake is great. And, and I do agree with that. Like, I think Jake is fantastic. I didn't think he was that good in this angle. And it kind of, he's a little bit of a fish out of water to me. And, uh, and so I just, you know, I said, yeah, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't really understand it in the beginning. It was a little weird or it felt a little out of place and, you know, Jake is great, but that's just what I thought about that. And man, I was, I was getting, I was getting some heat. I can't believe they're bringing back old guys. <laughs> um, I was taken out of it. Just watching him walk to the ring. Uh, he looked in a lot of pain. What about obviously. that haircut? Okay, no one's ever said anything about the haircut. Everything I've read <laughs> that his dye that he ran out of dye because <laughs> you realize one side of his head was gray and the other side was like light brown, right? Well, it looked like the sides were shaved to me. Was it just color? It looked like he had the sides well, shaved. I think he shaved it, but then when he colored his hair, I think they only he covered the the right side but forgot the left side like you kept looking in the mirror on that side he's like all right looks good looks great but then he like totally forgot because he's probably a space cadet from all his partying years yeah and he just like walked out and then looked on the other side of the mirror for his left side to realize he's gray is gray <laughs> he's just super gray <laughs> i don't know i thought it was hard to understand because he's gargled and stuff i and yeah. also i was very worried that just seeing jake roberts back in wrestling i know it yeah. sounds weird because you know Everyone deserves to get a payday, but like at the same time, like with this history that we as we know, yeah, um, so, you know, getting back into that wrestling environment, and I understand AEW is very clean, and for the you know, from what I understand, and all that, it's not this, you know, it's not ECW, right? <laughs> but um, and but hopefully, still. hopefully, DDP's there, right? Because DDP is kind of the guy who helped get him back on his feet. Yeah, someone to kind of be his sponsor that's there to watch him and. You know, make sure he doesn't get into the. I'll put QT Marshall on the on the on, the, on that. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I hope. I just. I don't know. I mean, it when he walked out. When he walked out. Of, when he got out of the ring, I was like, oh shoot. You know, I don't know if I want to see stumbling, uh, limping J- Jake Roberts. You know, yeah. it, kinda, it just yeah. it just didn't sit well. You know, at least Goldberg looks good. You know, and it yep. can still go. Jake Roberts, I just feel like something bad's gonna happen to him. And I wonder who's gonna be the kid. I mean, Lance Archer seems like the, a perfect uh, perfect guy, but I'm guessing Brody Lee might be more more his uh, as you know, could be a good candidate too. But the thing is, I think Brody can actually talk a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that they have Jake. If it's him, that Jake and, and 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 based on his last uh, last run on in New Japan, Lance has a ton of personality too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like so, they should have. <laughs> God, they should have Jake Roberts be the wizard from like the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> Hogan, uh, Cody. So, oh. so, so here's here's something that we haven't really talked a ton about, but they have uh, Arn Anderson. Well, I mean, we've talked we've talked enough about it, but Arn Anderson, who has been, I would say, okay in his role as like Cody's advisor or his coach. They have Tully Blanchard, who has been really good, but super underutilized. They have DDP, who is DDP 
to the max at 60 whatever years old and is you know you know what you're going to get with him and now Jake I don't I mean do you need all of those ex uh WCW guys you know do how, how many do you need like that like I don't I do do they all fit I, are we trying to force them in because we want you know, we, we want to pay our respects or like, what do they do? I guess, I guess the bottom line is what do they do for the TV show? It's a, it's a bit much with all these, these legends and it's kind of sad. I mean, it totally is the only one that looks like he's, or NDP, they would look like they're in decent shape and can move around like Arn. He makes me nervous when he's out well, there. I mean, at least we know that Arn's at some point going to cut like yeah. the money's promo of Let's all hope. time Let's and that's hope. coming, but it's sure is taking a while to get there. Yeah, maybe Nikita Koval shows up. And he like just just closes. <laughs> no, lines. he he was Kobe. on he was on uh, NWA Power. Oh, well, that's still going. Yeah, it's still going. This was uh, this was uh, when I was watching uh, a couple a month ago or whatever. Right, who else is out there? He, the he Mulky, came, the he, Mulky Brothers. They're gonna bring the Mulky Brothers back. Well, the, you know the best freaking guy is is the guy that they hate and who hates them. He'd be the guy, but which guy's that? Oh, <laughs> Jeez. Well, you know, let's see what happens when Revival shows up, I guess. And we'll see. My God, is there any more perfect person to, to, to do that stuff? Is it's him, but you know, he's persona he's persona non grata, but for probably for good reason. But money talks, man. You never know. We never know what's gonna happen. I can I would love to be in that locker room when that stuff happens, or it could be all one big work and, and you know. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> that would be a, a major segment if, if Cornette shows up and causes all kind of hell. That'd be awesome. Okay, so I, I sort of mentioned this one already, but I think another important thing on the show was a lot. Of, I think a lot of people expect expected Matt Hardy to show up on this show. Uh, he did the video with the Bucks of Youth, and that you know that kind of got the the internet talking. Now. It, it it he did not promise to come they did not promise that the exalted one was going to show up so i think it was just us kind of thinking you know putting putting some dates together and going oh you know hardy is now you know wwe wishes him his best you know in his future endeavors so that didn't happen and so when it didn't happen i was like okay the next time i see the dark order better be with whoever the exalted one is because without the exalted one it is just flat for me. So they 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 piqued my interest a little bit when they started talking about the exalted one, but now after all of these weeks and that person has not shown up, I'm kind of tired of it. So hopefully the next time, uh, this is one of those where I don't think you need to continue stretching this thing out because I think it just gets more uh, mid card, you know, the every every other week. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. They should definitely reveal it. In a week or two, if not next week, would be fine. But they, you know, the uh, what's his name, Evil Uno, did say that he will be upset with, with this this result. So um, actually, the the match itself, the four the four uh, eight man tag, I I thought was fine. It was like I thought it was the least um, like I wasn't bored or anything during that segment. I wasn't like you know probably the first time I seen Dark Order, I was actually wasn't like waiting for it to just to end. But uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought uh, the, at least the match was good. Yeah, let's 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 end it. Let's whoever's gonna be, bring him in, and just do it, and then start from what they're gonna do. Because now I think once that happens, it's gonna be really wacky. What if it was Evil Uno just takes his mask off? 
He's split personality or something. Oh my god! But no one even knows what he looks like, so he would just be like, "Hi guys," and we're like, "Okay, so it don't look good. That's why he has that mask." <laughs> uh, okay, so the other, the only other thing that I thought was uh, pretty interesting on this show, good or bad, was um, so Hager has a match with QT Marshall, wins it, and then uh, bad guys jump the good guy then dustin comes in and cody comes in and matt comes in and Paige finally comes in and he saves the day and then he what did he flip off matt yeah yeah and and then he kind of just walks away so you know for the i don't know is this like the third week in a row fourth week in a row coolest guy uh, in aew is hangman page the quasi you know, baby face with slight, slight heel, uh, you know, um, uh, mentality or whatever. Like he, I don't know. He, I think he, like, you know, they was a, what does Jim Ross always say? Maximize your minutes. Mm-hmm. Man, Paige sure wasn't on that show for very long. And he is uh, one of them. It was in, you know, he did one of the more memorable things on the entire show. Yeah, I, I took a nap during the yeah, QT Marshall, Jake Hager match. I, I, I remember they going to the ring and then I woke up and, this chaos was happening. And then I saw Paige come and did his deal and did the flip off of uh, Matt, which I thought was cool. Uh, I think the, I think the bucks should be going heels, honestly, with the way they re- they're getting the reaction they're getting. I think that's what they want. I believe I, I hope they don't turn this guy heel anymore because at first I was like, you know, there was like theories, like he's going to turn on Omega and they're going to have a program, blah, blah, blah. But what if it's, the Bucks are really the heels in this, and and you know I don't know. I think they keep a hot hand right now and keep with Paige and Omega together for a while. Well, that's what I meant. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I was like, Oliver Cop had this theory. No, oh, and, <laughs> and you were like, oh yeah, if anyone knows, Oliver knows. Mm-hmm. But but when I mentioned it, you were like, ah, eh, I don't. I'm not too sure about the Bucks going heel, but now now yeah. like you're a little bit more into it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It made they made the match interesting. At Revolution for me got me a little more into it um, with with their performance of heel and I especially after that promo too the week before the, the the Wednesday before the pay per view just you know they really came off a little snarky little brats and cocky little pricks and I think they'll be great as heels and and something different you know for that uh, but what, what babyface team I guess will be Omega and Page will be the babyface team mm-hmm. if you with them but uh, yeah yeah I thought yeah I think that's the way they should go keep Paige Bayface the crowd wants to be Bayface they want to cheer that guy they want to you know they don't want to boo Omega either so I think I think it's best to kind of go with your hot hand right now and Paige is is really getting over strong are you talking about that six star match oh Jesus (laughs) (laughs) Um, so can you talk a little bit about this Midnight Express and Fantastic match that you have always told me mm-hmm. was the greatest tag team match of all time? Yeah, it's just perfect, man. It's the really good pro wrestling tag team match. Everything you need. Uh, uh, great selling, fiery comebacks, uh, dramatic, dramatic heat on the baby face. And Bobby Fulton getting his ass kicked for a long time. The crowd... Uh, just in it crowd really you know not not going along with it they're in it man you get to feel their passion for for uh, the fantastic make that comeback and you know you got all excellent guys in there it's just a, it's just a really good tag team match and i think people should uh definitely check it out and i know it's getting a little more attention lately because now that you know you know 
that Dave Meltzer wrote about, you know, that match and brought that up because that was his, he always said that was the best match that he saw in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, the match, the match when I, it was like, this is the best met tag team match ever. I'm thinking like, my, the match I was thinking of was the uh, Kobashi, Misawa, and um, Kawada and Tao from um, uh, June of uh, 95, I think it was. So, that, so that, that that's was, what those, those are three, the three yeah. matches that he watched. So yeah, that, that's, uh, that's interesting that you both had the same top three. Yeah. Or, or I'm sorry, top two. And I mean, they're both different too. Like, um, um, I think, uh, you know, more American style is more, you know, the obviously mean, next, you know, and fantastic match. And you got the, just like the really physical, um, dramatic, um, major championship match, like was the, the, the Japanese, uh, the all Japan match. So, um, those matches to me blow they're on a different level than, I mean, the the Bucks match and the Omega, Omega Page match had a lot of great athleticism, and there's some good storytelling there. But like, I mean, the finer finer details of what those guys did in their matches. I mean, a lot of people talk about All Japan in that time, all the head dropping and and craziness, and there was in this that match. But there's just like the layers of storytelling in their matches beyond. Beyond this match that you know just recently happened, I mean, just Kawada just you know chopping down Kobashi's bad leg that's been wrapped, and he's coming in with an injury to his, uh, it could be a hamstring, and I believe it was hamstring, and he just like with every chance he got, just threw a kick to it, and there it was, and each time like Kobashi is not like at the end freaking spring in a step like he has in the first first minute of the match like you know he does moves but it's a struggle to do these moves it's a struggle to get to the top rope to hit that moonsault when he does and he gets blocked to do it oh man it's so good you really have to watch that match Garrett. if you've never seen it dude just when you do your cardio man throw that on and just and just enjoy that tag team match and also the fantastics and midnight express match too was just really really good yeah i want to watch both of them i i, I gotta finish uh, the bachelor for this week but after i could do that and the crowd he is insane for that all japan match it's just like like the roar of the crowd when the hit moves or just when they're just when they just interact with each other it's 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 something special and and uh even like but for both sides though it's like they they love both all four men so it, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a big time feel uh, i i mean all in all i think i like that match just a tad bit better than midnight express um fantastic match but god those are two of the, the greatest you know all right let's uh wrap up this show but we'll quickly talk about what may be the single worst WWE pay-per-view I've ever seen on paper, unless you consider that very first WWE ECW pay-per-view to be I the worst. I thought you were talking, going to be talking about Swole. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's give them some credit. That match was really short. Yeah, but how can you mess up a short match like that? They did. <laughs> I was like, you serious? They really, she, they at one point, they, she just got lost and grabbed her and slammed her. Oh, man, I was dying. But anyways, continue on. Elimination yeah. Chamber, I'm guessing you're going to talk about. Elimination Chamber. Have you seen this card? Yes. I have, I, I have no idea what the main event is. Uh, it's going to be a chamber match. I assume it's going to be the girls. Okay, so 
Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler versus Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan. Elimination Chamber match for the Raw Women's uh, Championship match at WrestleMania. So winner takes on... Is Asuka going to be in it? Becky. Sure. I, she's still on. She's still on the card. Is she hurt? She like hurt her wrist, right? Is that what's those? I mean, I think she really is hurt. So, I wonder if she's gonna be cleared for the pay per view. I mean, they they put in Kyrie Sane uh, on Raw, so I, I would assume that they would just do that again. Which did you think that was a mistake to have that match go so long? Um. It Which, was not on my Hulu version of that show. Now that well, I think this about is it. why you got to watch the live. This is what I'm it's it's okay. I'll just talk about it. It it was too long. I think Shayna should have beat her about four minutes mm-hmm. sooner. It, just because I think they were just going. It was going too long. You could tell the crowd is because Shayna's still, you know, getting over this audience too. And I think she needed like a real, real dominant win. Well, I mean, her, her whole story is she's a killer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she was torturing poor Kyrie who, by the way, looked phenomenal. (laughs) Off the market, my friend, you saw that. No, I know. I'm just saying like whoever made her gear, this looked really good on her. And, um, but yeah, I just thought it, I thought she should have kind of destroyed Kyrie and you know what but you no know didn't do this segment any favors was Becky. Mm-hmm. She was being goofy. She came out and it was just I don't think the crowd I don't know what she was going with. I think she's going for I guess she's trying to go for Connor, right? That's what she's that's her kind of her spiel. But like I don't think the fans want that, Becky. They want more of in black from head to toe, Becky who's has a you know a swagger to her this was more of like a isn't it feel like becky lynch so i think this was a big time miscalculation on her part um even though when she put the king's hat on i thought it was pretty funny the crown on i thought it was pretty funny but um you know i that's why i thought really didn't get this segment over i think it was that mainly and also i think because of the time of that match yeah yeah so i'm up so i'm hoping it's going to be a long match this lemonade shaper they always are, but I'm hoping Shayna can really get some momentum back with this this match. So let's just go through the rest of this card. Uh, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. Three-on-one handicap for the championship. Now, we have stopped taking any uh, WWE championship match that is not a main singles title. We've stopped taking that seriously, but if we hadn't, I would be so mad that a three-on-one handicap match is for the Intercontinental title. What about China and Jericho versus... <laughs> don't forget that happened one time. China, China and Jericho versus who? I don't know, Val Venus or some wackiness like that, or yeah. Eddie Guerrero, maybe. Uh, the, yeah, but still, you know, the, just the idea that... No, I know. It, it's it, silly. It's, it's silly, and... It no no one comes you know no one comes out smelling like roses in a match like this. It's just going to be bad. I think I, the only thing I can see them doing this match it for is you know Strowman of course will win and retain. But I can see Sheamus coming out and laying out Strowman to maybe build up something for WrestleMania if they don't have Tyson Fury's stuff planned with, with Strowman. So the Elimination Chamber match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles, Miz and Morrison versus The New Day versus The Usos versus Heavy Machinery versus Lucha House Party versus Ziggler and Root. Now, 
this is probably going to be the best match on the show. Like, there's really good wrestlers in this match. But again, you have been telling fans for the longest time that the tag team titles are mid-cart belts. So the fans are only going to get vested invested in this match to, to an extent. Um, but to me, this is like... I, I would say the both tag team matches actually... Um, are, are, are really interesting. The, my worry for Andrade and Carrillo is how long do they let them wrestle and what style do they let them wrestle? And same thing with Black and AJ. I think the idea is for, you know, AJ's got to be strong going into WrestleMania, so hopefully Black has a good match, but I'm less confident that those matches deliver as I am in the SmackDown Tag Team Championship and the uh, the Raw Tag Team Championship matches. I think those will both at least be pretty good. Um, and, and, and so, you know, but I just don't have a lot of faith in the uh, this card on paper because I just it, it's it to me, it seems like just such a throwaway card. Yes, it does. But what we've seen in the past cards that we don't see as strong end up being pretty pretty good so let's let's hope that that happens here too it's very possible that it might but it's one of those you know if no one sees the 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 tree fall in the fort mm-hmm. you know if no one hears it does it happen because no one's going to watch the show yeah. the, the hardcores of the hardcores are going to watch it right but i know that you'll start watching it in the evening and i probably will too but it's not like I'm like, you know what? It's Sunday. It's four o'clock. I'm glued to my TV watching this. It's going to be at my own time. And and it's not going to be four hours, though. I mean, they only have six matches right now. Yeah. So I hope um, I think AJ and Black's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to that match. But no no disqualification um, part of it really interests me because I, I know you say like, you know, Styles needs to win to be strong going with the, you know, into his Undertaker match at WrestleMania. But I'm thinking Undertaker shows up and distracts or gets involved again and, and does something AJ and black actually wins this match. So do you, would you, would you waste the Undertaker on this pay-per-view that nobody's going to watch? Or would you actually put him on raw, which 2.5 2.5 million people will watch or whatever the number that it is. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. You got to do, you just got to do something. You can't just, they're not going to just throw their arms up at the same time. You know, you still got to th- do something to kind of continue the program. Because to me, what this match seems like is that the club interferes and black just continues to get beat up and, and AJ wins like he did on uh, Monday. That just happened on Monday. That's why I don't think it's going to happen that way. Especially if you remember AJ, when he pinned black, what do he do? He, he put his tongue out. He crossed black's arms over his chest, like the undertaker and mocked the undertaker. So I could see the undertaker being pissed off about that up in Reverend undertaker is during these, <laughs> when he's away, so, I think he's going to come back and either choke slam, AJ again or or distract him with the you know the uh, hope God hope not the old <laughs> music plays and lights dim and he turns around to the kick I hope that doesn't happen I like to see okay okay but so if if this does happen the way that you think that will mean that in his last three matches AJ's lost two of them <laughs> heading into WrestleMania I'm not saying that's what I would do I'm just saying I feel like that's what's gonna happen and they, and but AJ needs to do something in the next couple weeks to really add some steam to this match. So I'm sure the club will get involved and all that. 
all that jazz. So yeah, I'm sure they're going to be one big crazy angle and put them in a casket. Who knows? But I'm sure they got something planned for that. Well, I don't. I, I hope so. Uh, but after that uh, Saudi Arabia thing with hmm. Undertaker and AJ, they already made me super disinterested in that match. So we'll see what happens. I don't expect. You know, with WWE, you have to hope uh, on a show like this. Now, you know, sometimes they'll surprise you. Like Survivor Series was a really, really good show, hmm. and and uh, and and that's the one where you're like, wow, they when they really have things going they can have some you know they can really st- do great stuff and like you know raw i've been enjoying the raws lately but this this just looks like a give up show and you know some of it is because they had to do that saudi arabia show you know just last week and and so that's part of it mm-hmm. but but man like n- no roman no goldberg no fiend no cena um no lesnar like you're you're basically telling us this is the equivalent of a uh you know i don't i don't even know saturday night's main event or something if it's the first elimination chamber show that feels more like a b pay-per-view than it's than it's normally an a pay-per-view that's it yeah. just um then the match with the buddy murphy and seth rollins and street profit should be good it's I, not, I'm, lo- it, I'm looking forward to it it's not gonna have the same steam of course with the raw match because it's just different dynamic there with you know at the time you know the final yeah final challenge which god that match was really good i love that match that match was just fun that crowd was great that new york crowd brooklyn crowd was was awesome i don't know mm-hmm. so yeah. let's hope they keep the moment going and have another good one but yeah it could fix it could be a a sleeper show and i hope they don't add anything i'm, I'm okay with the six matches that in its given time and i hope andrade and humberto Carrillo have um have some minutes and let them tell their story so that'd be good um, Garza and Carrillo had a match at in Saudi Arabia that I thought was going to be exciting and was really boring. So that's probably what is worrying me here. Was um, it? I didn't watch it. But was it boring because it was just a, they did nothing, or was it just that crowd? Because the Saudi Arabia shows sucked because that crowd doesn't do anything. They don't barely react. To, they react to entrances, but once the matches start, they're like, okay. They, I mean, they just, they didn't do any of their Lucha stuff. They just did like a WWE style match with two high flyers who didn't really do a lot of fast high flying moves. It was kind of like a, just a match that like just stood still. So hmm. interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think they'll, they'll do that here. I think, you know, this is the time to showcase these guys, but you know, every time I am super excited about something with, uh, you know, with mid card guys, it usually turns out to be not good. So I'm not going to get my hopes up. I will give uh, Heyman credit for really sticking with Carrillo. To you know, that he uh, he could have done stuff to where they took the belt off Andrade when he got suspended and all that kind of stuff. So they seem to be staying on course with it through through some through some twisted turns and whatnot. I like the addition of Rey Mysterio and Garza to the mix. That's been fun. So um, I'm sure those guys will be at ringside, right? So what's going to happen there? It'd be nice that they threw an extra Ray versus Garza match. I would, I'd be okay with that, you know, if they did that for sure. All right. 
Uh, I think we are done here. So um, one of our shorter shows of recent memory, but that's 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 good too. We were that just means we were a little bit tighter with our stuff this week. But um, but yeah, no no show this weekend. We're I'm not. I don't think we need to talk about elimination chamber uh, on a special show this weekend. So we will just be back next week and uh, really excited to kick off the the we want flair with Lex Luger. I've you don't know how much research I've been doing with these eighty eight observers it is so fun to relive that time period which was like insanity yeah yeah no i'm sure you are and it's gonna be fun to talk about it and relive some of these matches and angles and and you know you know lex luger's near dear to my heart did not like the uh his name dragged in the mud the uh (laughs) casa de melzer hey you can you can blame big dave and bruce mitchell for that she just, what I say, respect, guys, respect. And <laughs> shut him up because damn right, right? So I, I said, you know, I was telling Dave that, you know, in these observers, you were saying how Lex looks like a great athlete and he probably is a pretty good athlete, but two minutes into the matches that he's just blown up. So he's so tired. And Dave makes fun of a lot of times because when he's working in these tags, you know, he's really just there to, to do the hot tag. And, you know, the other guys usually working the longer part of the match. And then, and then, uh, Bruce Mitchell said, I saw him. Dave's not wrong. <laughs> like, okay. Well, he's also in 1987, very green. So putting him in tags and protecting him makes a damn sense to me. Right. Yeah, but is he is he is he being protected because yes, he's not a good worker or because he's just overblown steroid freak guy who doesn't have the stamina? Uh, well, he went thirty with flair, so I don't you know don't say he doesn't have stamina. I think he can go. You know, ah, poor Luger. You know, it doesn't get the 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 credit he deserves. But I mean, it's 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 a time period thing, right? Like you had to be there. Um, you know, for us at that time frame, we were like 10 and 12 mm-hmm. and for, you know, Meltzer and, and, uh, and, and Bruce, uh, you know, they were in their, probably in their early thirties or late twenties at least. So just like a different perspective. Cause I, I, I dug Lex. I was like, wow, this dude is, is, uh, is really just a, uh, a, like he, he's, he's a, younger version of of you know hogan and and better physique than hogan and you know when when dave and i talk about that in in next week's uh, the beginning of of we want flair we do talk about the comparison to to hogan so i mean when i saw him i was like oh man they're you know they found hulk hogan's little brother what's going on here yeah when i first saw him i i just i couldn't believe i thought he looked amazing and i was like who is this guy and Wow, and he pressed slamming people over his head, and just I'm like, you know, Hogan wasn't doing that at the time, right? He was body slamming big fat guys and whatnot, but like, no, I mean, you know, shooting a guy in the ropes and picking him up with ease and press slamming him, you know, I thought that was the coolest thing. Even though the Warrior did a press slam, but it wasn't like off the ropes like Luger did. I just thought that was so cool, and and he became my you know like my favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, I really attached myself to him quickly, and then I couldn't believe it when he turned. Turn his be- turn turned on the Rick Steve, but I thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> yeah, so we we will we will we will get nostalgic and yeah, and, and talk about all of that stuff and and yeah, man, that just going through these observers, it is like Crockett versus Vince and 
dusty and the midnight rider lasts two weeks and they <laughs> kill that segment and i like i had totally forgotten that that the midnight rider came back a little bit the turmoil the, uh, with the the the, the, uh, the backstage stuff with the office and the money and gosh man what a what a freaking time 1988 was yeah i think um you know we won't we won't talk about this because it's a little bit before that but you know we always talk about that 87 starcade show that wwe puts the survivor series up against and i think it really costed crockett about three million dollars which back then was a gigantic sum of money so imagine your expectations and what you think is you're going to make and thus you spend accordingly and and then when it turns out that that you don't make that money and you're actually short, like you're like, Oh my God, like what a, what a crazy time. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, uh, so we'll be back next week and, uh, can't wait. We want flair stuff to be really fun and there's going to be tons of stuff happening in all the other sports that we, that we cover as well. So for John, I am double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.